Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome back, everyone. I'm so sorry we had some difficulty, but I'm excited to introduce you to Ezra Tualo, former Minnesota Viking, uh, promoting his hit is wrong. And let me tell you, this man is powerful. You know, I adore you, sir. I'm so happy that you joined me tonight. Uh, Aloha, Geraldine. It is so good. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. It's great to have you. Okay, hate is wrong. We all seem to know that it's wrong, yet we don't do much about it, do we? No, you know, uh, but, you know, it's, there's so much hate in the world right now and stuff, but to bring attention to it, it's one of those things and stuff. I think, uh, we, I mean, we need definitely need more love, right, it's that, uh, that we need to send out to the universe. So, uh, but our organization, uh, we sort of, I go around the country and I speak on homophobia, uh, diversity, inclusion, and, uh, and, you know, we do anti-bullying programs and stuff like that. So it's just my way to sort of kind of give back to the community. Are you receiving a lot of um, support from the communities when it comes to diversity, equity, and inclusion? You know, it all depends, right? It all depends on, like, what area that I'm in and stuff. But as far as Minnesota, Minnesota has been absolutely amazing. And so uh, we're, doing, uh, uh, we're doing a GSA prom, and the support that we're getting is absolutely amazing. A lot of, it's a gay-straight alliance. And so a lot of these, uh, you know, a lot of organizations is, is, you know, backing us up. The Minnesota Vikings is one of our sponsors. Uh, we got Skull Media, um, uh, you know, alongside with uh, Summit Hill. So, yeah, we're definitely getting a lot of support. Okay. Are you, um, is this the first year for the GSA prom? Uh, prom? No, actually, this is our second year. Uh, they I thought so. Wrong. Yeah, they approach hate is wrong. Uh, because a lot of these kids aren't welcome to their proms, and a lot of these kids uh, can't really express themselves. So they approach hate is wrong. They came to me, and they wanted to. Uh, they wanted something special. So, uh, I mean, obviously and stuff, when I heard their stories, I just wanted to make this special. So what we did, uh, they were expecting 50 kids, and we had over 200 kids show up, and we did a whole ginormous dinner. I had my, my brother from, uh, from Hawaii send flowers, uh, we had uh, people donating their time to come and perform. Uh, my partner Joshua Eisenshank did all the decorations, the lighting. So, and I tell you, these kids had such an amazing time that we had to do it again. And so we're doing it uh, again uh, this year at Bunker Hills um, Event Center. And I yes. tell you, a lot of these kids are super excited, and and we cannot wait. 
what are you hearing from the parents or from the families um, of these um, th- those that are attending the prom? Yeah. Are they concerned? Are you? Are is it a challenge? Are they afraid for their their children or their students? No, you know, I think um, as far as like um, a lot of these kids, um, again, they don't uh, they're not welcome to their prom where they don't have they don't right. have the um, they don't they're not like. Um, they, to express themselves, right? And the person, like for me, uh, I didn't have this opportunity when I, you know, when I was in high school, I wasn't able to bring that person that I really wanted to bring. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I sort of like, um, I compare it to when I went to the Super Bowl, Gerilyn. I, I'm not sure if you remember back in 1998, I went to the Super Bowl to Atlanta and I couldn't share the partner, my partner at the time with anyone. And so the feeling of not being able to sort of honor that person that's with you, the feeling of not being able to sort of like share the accomplishment that you had in your life. It's the same, right? We all go through life and there's certain times in our lives where it's sort of kind of these memories that we can't get back. The Super Bowl was one of them. And then, that, and I, you know, and then also um, the prom is like a huge part of it, right? So what we try to do is we try to just do, uh, to give a safe space so these kids can come and express themselves in a positive way. And uh, as far as parents, a lot of these kids um, uh, aren't, um, a lot of these kids are not accepted by their parents as well. And so it's really difficult, right? And so they come to this prom just, uh, you know, giving them a safe space so they can express themselves. You know, it's quite remarkable that we are still having to deal with this today. It seems like we yeah. were going through all that we've been through, the hell that we've been through with this COVID right. and so much more. You would think it would right. get to the point where we're ready to say enough is enough. Let's just love one another. Why is it so hard? You, you know, it, I don't know why it's so hard. That's, that's the million dollar question, right? How we uh, people can just accept people as, as who they are, you know, can it, you know, to celebrate the individuality of a person or a culture or a community, right? And that's, again, that's a million-dollar question. And so it's one of those things where, you know, we just sort of, as a community, we need to come together and sort of um, and and sort of just put out that aloha, right, that love into the universe. Yeah, put it out into the universe. So now right. that you've done this, this is the second time. Are you looking yeah. for something different in this group of young people, these people who, um, those that have come together to really have right. a great time for this prom? What will be different this year that is was different last year? You know, I think it'll be the same. Um, but the, like the stories that uh, a lot of the kids that came last year, right, um, the stories that they're sharing with their parents, with their friends, with uh, with people around them, um, is sort of like the stories that, you know, if you're in, I guess, it, you're heterosexual, right, and you went to the prom and you could share those stories with your loved ones and stuff. So these, uh, what we're expecting and stuff is, we're, well, last year we had 200. We're expecting a lot more kids. This is an invite to any high school student that does not feel comfortable going to their prom or not welcome to their prom, that they can come to a safe space and express themselves. And it's sort of like, you know, we're just expecting these kids to have fun and to create long lasting memories. Speaking of memories, um, how was your prom? Did you get a chance to go to prom? I did. You're right. I went, I I did. I went to a prom with a good friend of mine's. Right. And so uh, I did go to my prom, but again, I wasn't, um, I didn't, I didn't, it was one of those feelings where I didn't take the person that I really wanted to take, but also I was in the closet back in those days and it was so difficult back in those days because a lot of homophobia 
Uh, also me being sort of like the star football player for high school. And, you know, and it was just one of those things where I couldn't really express myself because of the hate they had for my community, for the person that I was truly was. So, Wow, it's amazing what you what you are doing, what you continue to do. And I'm wondering if there's something oh. else on your heart that says, I really want to do this. This is my final question. I really need to do this yeah. now, Gerilyn. What is that this now? Now? The next thing. Yep, the next thing the, the, that you need to do. You know what? It's, I think, you know, by doing this and this, um, having these kids express themselves and, and, and share their stories, I hope people will realize this stuff that, you know, that we are all, you know, we're all part of a greater plan, right, in life. And, you know, God has a greater plan for all of us. And so, um, you know, Geraldine, I, you know, obviously, I, I think you understand, I grew up Pentecostal Assembly of God, and I know God loves all of us. And I think a lot of this discrepancy or the, the, the differences we have between religion and who and the LGBTQ community, but in actuality, people need to realize this stuff, that we all walk this earth together. We're all children of God, and God loves every single one of his children. I sure hope. Well, I know that it's right, but so many people doubt that, especially if you're hurt so often under these um, denominations. So there you are. Here you are still moving up and forward, making sure that others are healing uh, in your presence. And I really honor you for that. Seriously, Ezra, this is a big deal. And I hope that you will continue this for years to come. So if people want more information... Yeah. If people want more information, maybe there are some that are listening right now that want to come yeah. to the prom. Is that still possible? Yeah, you definitely can come to the prom. You have to just show proof of ID that you do you do go to a high school and you're part of a high school. Uh, and yes, and those who want to support, they can go to hateiswrong.org and uh, and donate and support in that way. Um, but again, yeah, if you are an active high school uh, um, student and you have an ID, you are welcome to this prom. If there's anything I can do to help you, don't don't hesitate to ask, okay? Uh, this has been incredible. Thank you so much for this and having just to spread the word and spread the aloha and the love out there. I really appreciate you, Jarlin. All right. You too, my friend. Take care. All right. Aloha. <sighs> aloha. If you don't know who he is, my goodness, he is a remarkable man. And it is amazing in his career what he has been able to share with others what he has been able to be with others. It's been wonderful. What an incredible journey. When I was living in Los Angeles with my son, Michael Battle, I ran into him. We were in the same (laughs) area. (laughs) We were in the same, behind the same fences. And it was just really wonderful to see him. And we have forged a great relationship, a great friendship, along with my siblings too, Javita and her husband. And oh, there's so many. So I just want you to know, I love you. <laughs> All right, everyone, we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back with my next guest here for Center Stage is Wakpa Triennial Art Festival. Have you heard of that? I find it quite remarkable just reading about it, so you do not want to miss this one. It is coming up in just a few minutes. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. My goodness, a new summer-long art festival celebrating diversity will get underway next month in the Twin Cities. It's called the Wakpaw Triennial Art Festival, which will feature a series of temporary public art installations and indoor art projects in St. Paul, Minneapolis, and select satellite locations as well. Public Art St. Paul, in partnership with local and national advisors, artists, and organizational partners, hope the new art festival will help raise visibility of our diversity first art community and bring positive attention to St. Paul and Minneapolis neighborhoods. Now this all begins on June 24th and runs through September 16th. Joining us to talk about it is Colleen Sheehy. Hello, Colleen. Well, hello. Thank you for having me tonight. So glad to have you join us. You know, it used to be that we would hear a whole lot about art festival, um, art festivals that are new in the Twin Cities metro area. And it's so nice to hear that it is still growing. It is still um, uh, allowing us another chance to see the art and, and understand what the artists are trying to say or are clearly saying. You're also uh, being joined with Javier Tavera. Do I have that correct? That's correct, Darlene. Very, Hello, very Javier. So glad to have you join us. You are one of the artists, um, and I'm excited about it. Tell us what you are looking forward to when this uh, event starts, begins. Well, I'm, I'm hope that, that a lot of people come and see the art and engage with the art and at a, at a certain point be part of the art that we're going to do specifically for the Minneapolis audience. This is going to be very exciting. If I'm not mistaken, as an artist, you are presenting Evocation of a Latin Dance Hall. Is that correct? That is correct. That is a piece that I'm going to do exactly in Lake and 27. The place used to be the, uh, the, uh, the, the building was hosted, uh, hosted the, the defunct Nuevo Rodeo. And Nuevo Rodeo was 20 years ago uh, uh, one of the primary Latin venues for uh, music and art. Wow. It just sounds wonderful. I'm so excited that this is finally happening. And and this, um, Colleen, is this the first year? It is, yes. We're so excited to be unveiling all this work and uh, having more than 110 artists that I know. are cre- creating new work. They're doing performances, they're being involved in many different kind of live programs, and it's across St. Paul, Minneapolis, and as you said, some locations outside of the city proper, like Bloomington, St. Anthony, uh, Red Wing, Minnesota, and even down to Winona. So uh, the art will be dispersed around these cities, and people can spend the whole summer visiting different locations, different art projects, go to live programs. And I think it's a really great opportunity not only to see new art, but to rediscover our cities. 
after we were so isolated for three years with COVID, uh, we, we knew our neighborhoods and our grocery stores and our schools sometimes, but uh, it's good to get out and see where we live again and meet people, um, get reintroduced to, you know, neighborhoods or uh, restaurants that we used to go to and actually uh, visit some new places, meet some new people. Well, it's just shocking because Javier has, you know, 109 other artists that are participating in this, which is really exciting. We used to do a lot of that in the Twin Cities, specifically Minneapolis, I remember. And I'm just curious to know, has it been difficult to find the artists or did they come in droves? Uh, We have such a rich art scene here, and I think that is one of the reasons why Public Art St. Paul wanted to lead this effort because we have a really stellar art scene that has grown and grown over literally the decades. Uh, We have a lot of great arts organizations, and this is an opportunity to really lift all of that up in a prominent way and uh, make us really see the riches we have here. And no, it was not hard to find the artists at all. Yeah, I can imagine. Okay, final question. Network of Mutuality. I would love to know uh, if you can tell me more about that. Yes. Well, uh, the Wakpa Triennial, and by the way, Wakpa is Dakota for river. So it's acknowledging, in the name of the Triennial, the centrality, especially of the Mississippi River, to all life and all people who are here now. But the theme for this first one, Network of Mutuality, is a phrase from Martin Luther King's letter from Birmingham Jail, which he wrote in 1963, literally in a jail cell in Birmingham, Alabama, when he had been arrested uh, for civil disobedience there. Uh, And it comes in the section of the letter that uh, a lot of people are familiar with the famous phrase, an injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Right. And then he talks about we're all woven together in a network of mutuality. So the theme has has served to, you know, it, it seems like an urgent idea for us to acknowledge and to then like, okay, how are we going to live? How we want our cities to work? How can we really truly live with a network of mutuality uh, Mm -hmm. in an equitable, inclusive way? And it's helped, it's served as a way to um, select artists who have shown already that they're interested in that idea. And then it's helped the artists uh, think about uh, what they were going to do, because it they really had kind of an open-ended invitation to what would you do with this theme in this kind of context of the triennial. And we hope I'm very excited that you get a chance to really tell us about this tonight. Where can people go to get a website to make sure that they know where everything is happening? Yes. Well, public art St. Paul on our homepage, uh, there's a link to the walk paw triennial and You'll see the artists. Um, we're still building it, so it's not totally complete. Uh, but uh, the, the partners we're working with are on there. And then also, we're, 
we have quite a list of events because a lot of events will be happening throughout the summer from June 24th through September 16th. That's a long time, and that's going to give people plenty of time to get out and see it. I really hope that this really works out very well, that people will attend it. Um, Javier, um, don't be discouraged if you see a few people on the first day and all of a sudden it just they just start coming from everywhere. So congratulations <laughs> to you being a part of it. And, Colleen, thank you for bring, continuing to bring art uh, to those of us here in the great state of Minnesota. Really appreciate it. Oh, well, it, it's been a labor of love. So, but I, I can tell. your comments. <laughs> All right. Thank you. You take care of yourself. Okay, thank you, Javier. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. We're going to take good a break night. and we'll, good night. We'll be back in a moment. The name of this album or the name of the song that you're listening to right now is called Brewster's Red Hotel. Well, how, who is it? Who, who did the music? Well, his name is Scott Zosel. And of course, he is joining us tonight. He has a new album out called Saturday's Child. And the album release show is on Saturday, May 27th at the Astor Cafe. Now, this musician is a songwriter, and some people say that he is a songwriter's songwriter. (laughs) So it's really quite remarkable how people look at you, Scott. Welcome to WCCO Radio. How are you? I'm good. Good to hear from you. How's things in your world, darling? I have no complaints at all. None at all. I will ask you this. When it comes to writing songs, is it easy for you to do? Uh, well, it's, it's weird. It, it, it's fun, but it's, uh, it's very challenging, you know, um, that song you just heard that Brewster's Red Hotel. I usually, sometimes mm-hmm. I will like go out of town and just spend three days doing nothing writing so I can just be 100% focused. <laughs> yeah. And that song, and that, go ahead. And that song was written in Lanesboro, Minnesota. Where I oh. go, I have some I have some relatives down there. Have you ever been down there? No, cool never town. been down there. Cool. Uh, you you would love it. So when you start but, writing, does it come from um, the center of you? In other words, there are writers who say, "Oh, I got this one, you know, cadence going, and that's what I want to stick with, and I'm going to write that song." Or does it really touch you in the midnight hour? Um, how, how does it a, a, approach you to say, "Okay, we're ready. I'm here." Well, I'm a. I write a lot of poetry, and that's kind of where it starts. And nice. I write, uh, and uh, and I write something pretty much every day, so I have like this backlog or uh, you know a cadre of like narratives that I that I can pull from, and uh, and so I will I'll find a narrative or something from 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 those and. You know, pick up a guitar or go to the piano or something and just kind of like plunk around until I kind of get a melody. And yeah. then uh, and then I'll just kind of like, uh, you know, sing it into my phone. And then I'll go back and look at oh, you know, like the dozens of things that I've sung into my phone and find the ones that, hey, that one sounds pretty good. And then I'll just kind of go with that. But I, I will be, when I'm, when I'm writing for an album, I'll write, you know, probably 10 songs at one time. And and the reason I do that is because so uh, because you you come up to you get to a stopping point in a song and you just have like another one to go to to, to kind of get you off the other one. So yeah. so it's it's fun and challenging and uh, but it's always an adventure and it's a very enjoyable adventure when I get to do it. And for the last 
you know, three months since I've been trying to get the, all the pieces together to promote this record, I haven't been able to do any of that. So after the 27th, when it's released, I get to go back to doing that. So I'm happy about yeah. that. I can tell. I can hear the joy in your voice. You know, you've already had success, especially back in 2021, with the release of Tiny Yellow Room. And it earned um, national airplay on over 50 non-commercial stations. Is it difficult to come back and bring and introduce a brand new album where you already know that you've had success? Are you nervous about it or do you just go for it? Pretty much just go for it. You know, that's what um, I would do. Yeah. And uh, it, I guess the fun of it is that, you know, I wrote all those songs uh, pr- probably up to about, I started like, you know, I mean, December of last year, December of 2021, right after I finished the other record, after I got the other record launched, I started the other one scheduled the studio time for June and those were all done. And then throughout the summer and the fall, I've just been able to really kind of like really flush those out live, you know, and really get to enjoy them and, and find out what those songs are about playing yeah. them live. It's got to be so rewarding when you hear it, you know, especially when it comes out just the way you wanted it. (laughs) It doesn't always happen that way. But, man, are you really fortunate to be able to get there on your albums? Um, After this album, when will you start writing again? Immediately? Uh, Probably next week. (laughs) 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 Tell me more. I'm serious. I've I've got songs that have been, like, gnawing at me for you know all this time but like anytime i gotta go hey, i'll start doing it. i thought no there's still more to do to promote this one so i kind of you know i mean i'm compulsive that way i have to like get this stuff done i have to be completely clear you know and but uh, i've got a lot of other plans and i'm not sure <clears throat> where i'm gonna record or how i'm gonna record or what i'm gonna do but uh i kind of let the songs will take me there you know yeah, and that's important, right? Because it takes you there. Mm-hmm. You take the, you you pick it up, and then it takes you there. That's amazing. I'm terrible at writing, but all of my siblings, just about every one of them, have written songs or you know um, were able to add the words to it. Your music, uh, the one that we played today tonight, really reminded me of a pop song. Would you consider or say, yeah, my music is more pop? I'm starting to lean in more more in that direction. It's, it's really I find that that's what drives me. I mean, I'm influenced by so many different artists, and I kind of want to be all of them. But I, you know, but they, I can never make it come out like them. It always comes out like me. But that's kind of the way it goes. But as far as pop leanings, there are probably two or three on that record that are feel more pop to me. And I kind of started out as a country-ish Americana, you know, kind of brighter. And uh, but I'm really intrigued by kind of pop flavorings and extended, you know, uh, uh, kind of stuff that like breaks out of that, you know, um, different forms and stuff like that that I've kind of experimented with, and I. I find as a songwriter, it's very fun to kind of lean in some of those other directions and see where it takes me. Right, and, exactly. Uh, so 
And so has there been a genre that you have not embarked upon that you've always said, I want to do that? I want to try my hand at that. Or have you just, whenever it hits you, you just go for it? Well, I mean, there's a couple other songs on that record. There's the one called I Saw the Buddha, which, which feels a lot more jazzy, flowy, you know, groove merchant kind of like stuff. And I, I uh, kind of let the song take me where it goes, you know, and sometimes you just pick up the guitar, go to the piano or whatever, and kind of feel where it takes you. And then it's, so feel, and then it's yeah, mad. go ahead. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then just, like I said, just see where it takes you and um, push it till the end and and keep sanding and buffing until it's done, you know. Yeah. And then, I wish, and then you get to get out and play it live, you know. And that's what you're going to be doing on May 27th, correct? That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's awesome. Are you going to try to do only the music of this new album? Well, it's a two-hour it's a two-hour show. It's a nine to eleven. So we plan. We actually, I rehearsed with uh, Kelly Jordahl, uh, one of my people, and today, and kind of planned a set list for that show because it's pretty special. And I have, uh, uh, besides Kelly, I, I have uh, the producer Greg Schutte, uh bassist oh, Nick yeah. Salisbury, and uh, Dan Schwartz, three of the top guys in town here, playing with me that night, and. I always have to kind of pinch myself when I get those guys playing with me because it's yeah, exactly. a pretty special show. <laughs> yep. I know what that means, man. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Yeah, I want to well, make sure that people people know that this is happening on May 27th at the Astor Cafe. And, you know, I got to tell you, with the people that you're playing with, how do you even have room for more people? Because it's such a small place, but it's a mighty place, right? People really do come to hear new music. So congratulations on that. Um, and then I also want to ask you about The Day My Beauty Died. Tell me about that song. Oh, okay. So that's a little bit about uh, growing older. Oh, that's what that is. Yeah. Gee, thanks a lot, dude. <laughs> well, it, it's—I don't know. There's, you, you have to listen to it. Once you listen to it, you know that, then it'll make a little bit more sense. Right. It, you know, a little obtuse look at it, at growing old. You know. Uh. uh in fact, there's, there's there's other songs on there too about that. There's another song on the album called um, "Brighter Sun," which is about actually is about picking grave plots. But you'd never know it by listening to the song. Wow, grave plots for real, for real. <laughs> Gee, thanks, Scott. I'll be thinking about that tonight. I wish we had more time together because I'd love to pick your brain about all the things that you have wanted to do and that you are working on doing. So congratulations on the brand new music. And, of course, we want people to know if you want to go and check it out, the album release show is on Saturday, May 27th at Astor Cafe. Do not miss it. Scott, it's been a pleasure. You take care of yourself. Thank you, Gerald. It's always a pleasure. Thank you, sir. All right. right. We're going to take a break and we'll be back in a moment. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Steel Talk, and I'm your host, Geraldine Steele. It is what I love to do, is be with you on a Sunday night. Okay, so as we wrap up for tonight, let's do the thought for the week from Reignite the Soul. Many of you know that I love this. Um, 
And I, I, I learned so much from what they put out. It's called Reignite the Soul. Well, the thought for this week talks about whether you think you think you can or think you can't. You're right. Now, that was written by Henry Ford. Why? Well, think of it this way. Once upon a time, not so very long ago, scientists put fleas, fleas in a jar. Fleas are very jumpy, as we know. They can jump eight feet high and eight feet forward. Scientists put the lid on the jar, and eventually the fleas stopped jumping. Then the scientists took the lid off the jar. The fleas would not jump farther than where the lid used to be because they believed it was still there. So even though they could have jumped out of the jar, they didn't because of what they believed would happen if they jumped higher than the lid. As humans, we do this. What metaphoric lid have you put on your dreams that keep you from jumping because you believe it's there? In other words, try it. Don't be afraid. Don't allow fear to stop you. There's so much more that is involved in all of it. Now, we've heard these types of stories before, but do we really consider what we are doing with ourselves? So it moved me when I read it, and I hope it moved you as well. Consider it. Again, it's called Reignite the Soul. And check it out for this week. All right, everyone, enjoy your night. Stay safe. Find some joy. Find some joy this week. And I look forward to having you on with me next Sunday. Good night. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 